0: you oh. Welcome. It's the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford here. Kelvin Rozier, Marcus Green, and uh, this is a a very special edition of the ONG Strike Zone that we are putting together here for you. As uh, it is the, I guess the we're recording this on the eve of Spring 2023 football season beginning. Uh, So officially. The 2023 season is hours away. Now, I say we're recording this on the eve. When you see it, you may see it on the morning of the first day of spring. You might see it the day or two after. I think it just depends on how post-production goes. Uh, Kelvin, Marcus,
1: how you guys doing tonight? Doing
2: wonderful. Doing great. Doing great. Great Great to do this
1: show. We promised the people that we was going to do this. You know, this is this is Marcus thing, so we you know, one G, gotta deliver.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, exactly. You know, Marcus Marcus does a great job of tracking uh tracking this stuff. And uh I mean this is this is good stuff. I mean uh Marcus kinda give give a little background to people who don't know kinda how long have you been tracking and doing this kind of stuff? And I know, you know, you've been you've been primarily posting a lot of this information in the pit. But uh, just, just give people who aren't familiar uh, a, a little background or a little taste of how you got into doing this, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Uh, I guess as far as background for fam, you I probably started around 2000. So it was right around the height of the Billy Joe era. You know, just, of course, everybody's caught up in the excitement going to the playoffs. And back then, you know, the, the internet wasn't the internet of today. So you had to look long and hard and type all kinds of uh, search key, keywords and everything. And so you pretty much depend on the Democrat and searching whatever search engines at the time. I forgot what, what they are now, but trying to fi- figure out information has gotten a lot better. I but I guess, brutal. oh, my gosh, it was the worst. But <laughs> even before then, even while I was down at FAMU in the 90s, I would get the annual Sporting News uh, college football catalog. So that really got me interested. And I would read up. Of course, they didn't cover FCS or 1AA at the time. But, you know, I would look at you know, they're covering Florida, Florida State, and uh, Miami. So I would look at their format and how they did it, two deeps, and what they, the sections they had or paragraph on each, each unit. You know, offense, defense, coaching, all that stuff. So that kind of formulated and follow the same track. One other magazines that I get would either be Athlons or Lindys or something like that. So I just tried to follow the same format and get information for, for the family faithful in the pit, and it just kind of blossomed from there.
0: Right, right, Kelvin. Any any uh, any thoughts? If you've observed, obviously, like I said, when we first got together to try to do this. You were very adamant that we got to bring Marcus in, and Marcus has got to be a part of this. And uh, you know, among the many great suggestions and ideas you bring to the table, Kelvin. Uh that had to be uh one of the greatest ones.
1: So Marcus and I both uh kind of came together on a original Me at Fans mm-hmm. done by Floyd Hill, another yeah. rattler. True. What up, and Floyd? So so all of us was following our passion. You know i had coach high school football and so forth and i was a big famu guy and a big athletic guy so i i started reading up on pretty much everything that was coming out fcs 1a at the time and so i knew how passionate I, I i was and how much fun i i had doing the research and marcus had the same thing when it came to recruiting and so he used to provide all this detail and the information uh, the, behind some of our opinions in the pit. So I said, uh, when y'all guys invited me on, I was like, man, I've got this guy, man, who been doing this for 20, 20 years. We have to bring him to the table. He, <laughs> we, we, we know what he does, but I think, it, you know, he will bring a lot of value and sure enough, uh, I mean, here we are now in year what two two of our show? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, what amazes me about the recruiting and just the analysis of recruiting these days. Um, I don't know when guys have time to do it. I mean, look. I, I mean, I I have at this table where I'm recording this podcast. I have fallen asleep at this computer many evenings. And woken up at some ungodly hour, like, why am I still here? Who's still looking around? <laughs> uh, and I think about, I, I would, you know, man, look, we we talk about being able to do what we love. And look, we're all burning on the other end, you know, whether it be yeah. families and jobs or yeah. multiple jobs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I think about how... Do you think, Marcus, because of the Internet, because of social media, do you feel it's a little bit easier these days or is it even more time consuming because there's more information?
2: Actually, a combination of both, because now things are a lot easier because of well, social media and kids are putting information out there, whereas before I was wholly dependent on local newspapers and just typing in FAMU offer. Family football offer in a search engine is hoping something will come up, and that was an iterative process. So it is a lot more time consuming because of the volume of information that you can accumulate on a daily basis. And going back to um, what Kelvin was saying as it relates to the passion, the other thing I noticed, and one of the reasons I wanted to get the pit information was because we were being ignored by the major services. So Scout.com at the time, I think they got bought out. I think they got absorbed into 24-7. Now 24-7 sports, on three sports, and rivals, for the most part they were focused naturally on those that brought in cash and subscriptions, which would be the Power 5 teams. So we would get like five people listed or ten people listed. So in the advent of social media and I started looking up famu offer and seeing all these names that weren't even listed it starts to open your eyes to how they operate you know they typically focus on the players who are rated very highly stars and those who may be offered by power five teams and then if you offer them then their name pops up but there was there was a huge gap between the number of players that we actually offered just based on social media posts and what were what were listed the ones listed or attributed to famu in the in those respective portals. So that's another reason I kind of wanted to do that because we were being ignored and there was a, there's a need and a gap that could be filled by folks like myself who follow their teams and build offer lists and the accolades of the players that are being offered and copying the links for huddle and just posting it for their fans.
0: Yeah. uh, It's, um, you know, the, the, the students have really done a great job of putting info out there and making it available. And um, you know, nowadays you, you've got to not only be a an insta. Well, you know, who knows? We 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 probably grew up in the Facebook era, but had to become Twitter.
1: MySpace. Fan.
0: I'm sorry. Yes, we were MySpace. <laughs> we were part of the MySpace generation, which turned into Facebook. And, uh, right. and and then all of a sudden, then you had Twitter that came along about a decade ago, a decade and a half ago now, and then Instagram and now this other stuff is, you know, TikTok and all this other stuff. And, I mean, there's information galore that is out there. And so being able to provide that info to Rattler Nation to to get them excited. And now because of the portal, the transfer portal has really made for football and basketball, the two major sports, look, when it comes to recruiting, football and basketball are the, the two the two things that and people have made livings of just covering football and basketball recruiting, right? But I think even with schools like ours, you're starting to see, and Marcus did a great job with this. We'll talk about it probably more on Wednesday show. But you can even now cover and you can spotlight what goes on with your softball Baseball, your other sports, because guess what? Those kids are doing what they see football and, and uh, basketball kids doing. You know, they're having signing days. The programs are hyping them up, and, I, and that's great. I think that's all great, and you know, it even it, you know, so it, it's a it's a it's a glorious time right now to be covering and talking about recruiting. So, um, class of twenty twenty three. Is where we're going to start but let me let me ask this uh this is willie simmons let me see i don't know what uh uh which which is this his fifth right now you think
2: i think so because he came in december 2017 so class of 2018 was his first recruiting class so I guess this makes five. Yeah, I guess five or six. I don't know how the numbers is. This roll. is
1: going into technically with the COVID year. It is going to year six. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And have
0: we, have you done, or I mean, I, and this is maybe a question for later and kind of looking at evaluations of his classes. Like, you know, how would you compare older classes? Um, you know, if we were to go back, you know, to the first two, three class, how would we evaluate those classes? I mean, would you give them, uh, I, I would have to say, you know, those classes are probably these nine win seasons. So they probably have to look like pretty much A's and B's uh, for the most part.
1: They might've lost uh, Brian, but I think the gist of his question Marcus was about comparing the classes, Willie Simmons' early classes versus today's classes. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to let you run with it. But uh, I would say, just off the bat, what sticks out in my mind is the transfer report with these last two classes, which makes it different because now you're getting older kids with uh, more experience, more playing time that can help immediately. I think mean, that's the difference where he had to grow kids and develop kids with his early classes. Now he got kids coming in right away who can contribute. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm interested to see what you think.
2: I, I agree with that as well. And in theory, I mean, even like some of the kids. Oh, don't call them kids because they're grown men. I mean, some big dudes. But some of them players that came in this year were originally offered by FAMU in their respective. High school graduation years like kelvin dean i think he was class of 2018 out of Rickards, and before then he was a chipley he would have been if he had come to us directly instead of going to fau he would have been at famu so now he's got enough eligibility to come same with the class of 2019 transfer um, alan smith we offered him uh, out of grayson high school basically a year after we offered isaiah Land he went to Louisville. I think he originally committed to the University of North Carolina, but ended up at Louisville on signing day. And now here he is four years later at FAMU. So, I mean, if you look at it from that standpoint, the transfer portal has infused a lot of talent that we potentially offered originally. And so that may make it a little tricky to compare classes because once again, you have the the advent of the transfer portal that's proliferated even more than what it was before at the FCS level where you would get drop downs, you could drop down at any time, or if there's a graduate student and you had that advantage. But now that it's pretty much open, it'll make it a challenge. But I guess just chronologically, I mean, 2018, his first class, are in theory still with the COVID year, they either have an extra year that they can play 2023 or they're graduate or going on to other things like Isaiah Land, because theoretically, I think he still had a year left of eligibility if, if he wanted to use it. So it's hard to gauge the class because of that extension and the, the transfer portal coming in and kind of skewing things a little bit. And I have a spreadsheet, but I only started in two class of 2019. So it, it would might tilt the data a little bit for 2018, but I have a listing of all the offers I could find on social media, starting with the class of 2019, in my spreadsheet.
1: I'm, I'm gonna throw a bit of a curveball at you uh, on on that question. You you know we kind of got into Brian the um, the early classes and the breakdown. And one of the things mentioned was that with the uh, transfer reporter now, you're getting kids who are experienced and 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 um, you offered some. You may have offered early on. But but the difference in the classes now is you get kids who can contribute right away, and feel voice right away. But uh, the curveball I'm throwing I'm gonna throw at you, Marcus, is uh, what do you were there kids that didn't show up? Or, I mean, or showed up and dropped off the grid, or kids that you thought would be impactful that you know we, we really hadn't heard from in those early classes um, that. You know, if you know, if and if there are, name a couple of them that you that kind of dropped off the grid for family football in those early classes.
2: All right, uh, yeah, you throwing a little curveball at me, but <laughs> that's why I got my spreadsheet. So let me pull it up real quick and let me see, make sure I got everything here that I need. Um, uh, oh, I'm filtering the wrong place all right let's take a look uh so i I look at the signees i could filter on those kids who signed and just fell off or or that didn't uh pan out give me a quick second there's a lot of kids that i was like oh man i wish we had offered them um Ooh, there was one that I thought in our first class of 2019. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, Cortez Reed out of Vieira High School. He was a DB, right? Yep. And he seemed like he was seemed like he was kind of on the same track, like a precursor. And actually, maybe not a precursor because they might be the same class, or it might have been like J. Van Morgan, because he was making plays. But I don't know what happened. I don't know. He I uh, didn't, um, I don't know, he just, after his freshman year, didn't come back. Uh, linebacker Omari Pfeiffer out of Ed White High School.
1: He transferred, I thought.
2: I think he did. I think he went to Edward Waters. So I know he had a major knee injury, but I think he was a two-star, or three-star coming out of high school. He had a, Three an, star. In, an injury early in his senior year. And I thought right. that would be a steal. Um, oh, Mosey's Telfort, he transferred to Maryland. I think he, at the time, he was our highest-rated signee in family history, according to 24-7. He was a linebacker at of university mm-hmm. high school Nova, in Nova, Florida. Uh, we did get Kendall Bowler. Now, we originally offered him, and he went to Mercer with his brother, BJ, and then they eventually came to us in class of 2021, but we originally offered him. Mm-hmm. So I think... Those are the ones that I like, but the two, like Amari Pfeiffer and Cortez Reed, I think, are the ones that I was like, you know, had high hopes for them. But we actually did pretty good with class of 2019. Kamari Stevens is coming on. Tight end Kamari Young has come on. Um, oh, one other one. Anthony Daniels. I think he never enrolled out of Brooks County High School. And Coach Freeman. Uh out of Brooks County, I was literally looking at Anthony Daniels, but I think he signed or something happened. I don't know; He just never made it to campus.
1: The, the kid out of Blountstown, a running back. I'm I'm, I'm assuming he was twenty twenty. Oh 2020. yeah, that, that's, that's one that sticks out for me because he was a ball player. Oh yeah, yeah, sticks out for me as well. On, yeah, he know he never made it to the fall, if I remember correctly. The running yes. back. Yes,
2: um, let me see if I can find it. I know his name starts with a T. It's like Traven. Is it Traven Smith? Something like that?
1: Smith. Uh, I think Smith was his last name. He was killing him. he 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 ran ran for
0: some ridiculous, uh, like six touchdowns in the championship, state championship game, or something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was just
2: ridiculous. Treven Smith. Treven Smith, he was a class of 2020. And he did all that against Madison County. And they, they still lost the game, but that was like a basketball game score, from what I remember. Right. Right, and I think was he like, offered him yeah. this something to
1: 40-something, right?
2: Mm-hmm. And I think Coach Simmons offered him either, I don't know, right after the game or something like that. But it was fast because that was in December and, and then we had him. And that was another one that was like, oh, man, he has potential.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. And that was right after right. 2019, after our first um, nine-win season the uh sure. the,
0: the one for me was the young man from um uh Arm, Armwood I think it was uh, he actually was here on campus he played on the team um he was a defensive back almost like a 3 or 4 star there were some issues with his recruitment he almost originally was supposed to go to Florida or uh, Jalil Core J- yeah Jalil Core that was the name Jalil Core
2: 2020 yeah. Yes, yeah. that's another one.
0: And he was here for yeah. he was here for a season,
2: uh, if
1: I'm yeah. not mistaken.
0: Okay. And the, I think the COVID. His yeah, uh,
1: brother, missed... his brother or cousin, I can't remember which one it was. Played basketball, Nasir.
2: Yeah, Nasir. Played and actually, I think, and I think their cousin. He didn't go. End up going to family. He did get an offer. He's an offensive lineman who ended up at Louisville either last year or two years ago. Well, I want to say class of 2021. So I thought we had him on the hook because they're related i saw yeah. a post where where they were um i think at nasir's house or his parents house and i saw the famu thing in the background when he took his somebody came on a recruiting visit and i was like oh man i see a famu some famu uh nail ya in the background maybe we got a shot but he's at louisville hey, at least okay, last be- i heard
0: before before travis hunter that was a big you know, get in the, in the state of Florida, you know what I'm saying? Before Travis Hunter, Mm -hmm. that was a big, that was a big deal. uh, If I recall correctly, you know. um, Yeah. He was like
2: a three or maybe borderline four star. He he was a, Mm -hmm. I believe
0: he was a four star. I I believe he was a, a legit four star, you know, in, in one of the services.
1: In one of the services he was, the other ones he was three, but yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Let's, now that I got my connection back, let's start with the signees. Let's just do sort of a recap of the official signing, the signings uh, from 2023, uh, because a lot of these guys are on campus already. Uh, that, that's been uh, pointed out already, uh, that these guys are on campus. And, you know, as you can see, uh, they're part of that Strike 23 class which was considered the second best HBCU class next to Jackson State, probably considered the maybe, it definitely was a top, top five,
1: five
0: FCS, yeah. top five FCS class uh, easily. Yeah. So that that's good. So um, as we kind of go through some of these, uh, these names I think some of these guys initially are the uh, uh, the transfers if I'm not mistaken right um, we've got a couple of running backs uh, starting with Kelvin Dean who uh, let's see Dean with the Rickards. Uh, a spring 2018 transfer from Chipley High School. Uh, now, uh, Dean was an actual, was he, Marcus, was he a transfer or is he a high school recruit?
2: Oh, he's a transfer. He came in from Florida Atlantic, but we actually okay. recruited him. And he trans. He had a big year at Chipley and Class 1A moved up to Rickards for, his, I believe, his senior year. And we okay. offered him, a, I can't remember if we offered him before he went to Rickards or after. But he ended up going to Florida Atlantic in his, um, for his class. I want to say it was either 2019 or 2020. I want to say it's 2019. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, also in that class, Korean um, Deco Wilson, uh, from uh, a transfer from Jacksonville State High School, class of 2020 from Talladega High School. In Alabama, um, oh, there's an interesting call that just came through. Yeah, he's
2: a good athlete. I mean, he played um, on the basketball team, and they made it to the state finals in Class Four A in Alabama. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, Sharif, uh, I don't know how to how pronounce that last name. Um,
2: Say, I'm just gonna Sarif, hopefully I'm not pronounced mispronounced. Sharif say, say gonna,
0: I love the size yeah. 6'5, 255, a defensive end slash linebacker. Um, uh, trying to see where's it say where's the transfer from because he's out of Houston, Leaf Hastings High School, uh, southeast
2: Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I think he when I looked him up, I think I originally he. uh. He signed with Bethune-Cookman, I believe, for a hot second. So he might have started there, transferred to Southeast Louisiana, then found his way to us. So we may have seen him at least once, maybe twice during his career before he came to Miami. Nice,
0: nice. Uh, Defensive back Amari Lee, transferred from UCF, went to North Miami Beach High School, another six-foot defensive back. Uh, I got. It. I, I like that, and he's a full, he's a South Florida guy. Uh, twenty twenty Miami Herald All Dade, um, also a twenty twenty six A South Florida Tri County playoffs Gold Division. Not really sure what all that is, but um, anyway, guy, you. guys coming. <laughs> we can say go yes. ahead.
2: No, I was going to say that was when um, in the COVID year and some okay. South Florida oh, yeah. teams didn't yeah. want to participate in the playoffs, and so they had a, like a, what they call the tri-county playoffs.
1: Palm Beach, Dade, and uh, what is it? Palm Beach, Broward. Dade, and Broward. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And so they had the different divisions, and they had like their own little separate format or playoff format from the FHSAA. Okay. So a lot of people who came out in class of 2021, if they're from one of those three South Florida counties may have participated in that, because I don't for whatever i don't know all the details as to why i don't know if there's disagreement with between fhsaa and some of the south yeah, Florida in terms of travel <clears throat> distance or, or can reconfigure schedule so yeah, that was like a yeah. one-year thing
1: yeah it was a dispute between fhsaa and the schools down there because you remember COVID hit uh, south florida much harder mm-hmm. so they didn't get started the same as the schools uh in the northern part of the state Central. In the west part of the state, so so yeah, the, the more populated areas started later, and and um, the, I think the board, the FHSAA board, was coming up with a system that would exclude uh the best teams from South Florida, and as you know, every year, especially in football, most of the uh championships are won from the schools in South Florida, so yeah. And they had very little representation, I think, if I remember the story correctly. They had, um, let's say, 25 people on the board for the FHSA. And, uh, and so I think South Florida might have had five of them. Most of them was from, from North Florida and Central Florida, more yeah. North Florida and West Florida, the Panhandle area. Because I remember Charlie Ward was on it. Oh. And he's here at Florida High.
0: Hmm. Um, Jamari Gasset, uh, 5'10", 170-pound, transfer from University of Buffalo, uh, looks to be in the same ilk or same build as sort of Jamari A. Shereed when he came to us, actually, probably about the same size, really, if you look at the metrics mm-hmm. on him. Um, but Buffalo, uh, he's a Tampa Bay Tech, Tampa, Florida guy, Um, That Buffalo offense was an up-tempo offense. Uh, So, you know, from the highlights I remember we saw, looks like he'd be a good fit in this spread offense. Uh, Another six-foot defensive back, Jalen Glaze. Uh, Now, he's a Lincoln, Tallahassee Lincoln guy, transferred from Minnesota, University of Minnesota. And uh, he's got big-time, big all Big Ben accolades. From 2018 and 2019, and so um, I, I love the fact that we recruited big DBs. You know that I think that's so important to be able to to have big, rangy defensive backs. Um, you know, so
1: yeah, I, I agree. If you look at Jackson State and a lot of the, and you look at Shad Davis at uh, South Carolina State, just a trend. Uh, wide receivers are six-two, six-three now, or uh, uh, taller, and then also you, they try to isolate tight ends on a lot of DBs. So size, size matter.
0: Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, Tyrese Gibson battles six-four, two forty defensive end slash linebacker from Garden City uh, Community College where he previously was at the University Urbana University, excuse me. I remember that was a division 2 school if I'm not mistaken that ended that canceled their 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 football program after 2021. Right. So I remember mm-hmm. when that happened um and so uh, after playing a year at JUCO in the fall uh he comes over uh, another guy good size 6'4 240 uh, looks like offensive lineman here, Ashton Grable, uh, transfer from Jacksonville State. Uh, so that's two guys from Jacksonville State that that uh, came over this year, um, and and all these transfers, Kelvin. These are guys who reported in, you know, on campus. They they they've been on campus since January. So these guys will be names that we will probably hear about in in these practices that are upcoming, and we'll we'll get a chance to hopefully see in spring, in the spring game, spring
1: practice. Uh,
0: Something so interesting
1: help. about the Jacksonville State guys. Um, the DB did play against Florida State, uh, having to be at that game on the field. So, <clears throat> so he the, the DB had quite a bit of time on the field. Um, I don't think the O-line had that much. But Jacksonville State is moving up. From FCS to FBS. And the interesting thing to me about them making that move is they lost a lot of players. There's going to be at least five or six players off last year's squad of Jacksonville State. Many that played that are going to be in the SWAC this year. It was for whatever reason that I think they had some coaches changes too. But for whatever reason, they uh, had a lot of guys transfer out. And for a successful program, you don't see that often. But you know, you know what you get with those two guys. Guys from that program, they're going to be physical. Um, they're going to be disciplined. Um, they're going to have good technique. So you expect them for that to translate. You expect them to be able to contribute right away.
0: Yeah, it does seem kind of odd. You would think that because you, when you're moving up, you're gaining scholarships, you know, from FCS it, yeah. to FBS. So to see guys leaving – uh, that's uh there's something else going on there something else definitely right. going on there uh right. moving on uh Jacquez yant uh running back 62 230 godby high school product uh, played at the university of nebraska in the fall um one of the one of the feature spotlight names of the recruiting class without a doubt um and we'll get a chance to kind of talk about him and where his role will be here shortly. Uh, Corey Trey will kicker and punter from out of childs. Uh, he was at Eastern Illinois university prior to that at Dodge city community college, uh, in Kansas. That's a good program. Um, he, he's a all American, uh, kicker, uh, punter. He, he will, uh, it's a nice transition from what we've had to, to, uh, Trey Hoyt, no
2: doubt. Yes, he's one of my players that uh, I know later on we're going to talk about it, but like a couple of names to watch or hot seat type thing and given all the skill and talent we're losing on special teams, he, I think he's probably one of the key signees, even though it's not a glorious position, but based on what we've got the last five or so plus years from um Totally, Marcus. Yeah, for special, special
1: teams. Special teams are always gonna win you or lose you a couple mm-hmm. of games each season. So, no doubt about it.
0: And we remember, we remember the the great kickers uh, of FAMU. You know, FAMU has a legacy really we of do. great kickers. If you, if you think about it, all of our our real our real strong championship runs, we have had. Very solid all-American kickers. Um, I mean, I can, mm-hmm. I you know, I I think of names like Juan Toro. I mean, that that was a uh, you know classmate uh, Vasquez. Vasquez, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, of course, I mean, it's probably started along with Vaughn guys like Greg Coleman. Von Wilson, exactly. Even starting to really go way back, you know. So we we've had a legacy of really great, and when the kicking game has been right, usually the team has been ben right. he is right. Yes, so yep. you know, I, I it's good to see that we can kinda keep keep so keep the uh the the special
2: teams and kicking alive. Um moving on, there's our good friend. And I think Bo- historically Bo- No, I was gonna say historically, I think that's given us an advantage in both the swag and the MIAC. I mean just yeah. make having consistency and not worrying about, oh Lord, is he gonna kick you know kick it off to the concession stand and somebody gonna get hit in the head? You know, that kind of thing, when you know you can either pin somebody down or you can get three points when you get it within range. And that's a definite advantage that I think we've had over the years, as you're alluding to in both conferences. That's
0: a great point. Great point. Um, All right. Uh, Let uh, let me move on here. We got Bo Somerset, of course, you know, we had a chance to talk to Bo on the show. uh, So we're very familiar with him. Uh, Be interesting to see, do we see Bo playing with the defense or, the offense in the fall. I don't believe he's he's not enrolled in the spring, so we won't really see Bo until the summer. But in the fall, when it comes to fall camp, it'll be interesting to see uh, whether he gets some run in with the with the running backs or the uh, uh, the defensive backs because he, he's a guy who played uh, on both sides. Um, another punter and kicker. So we we just seen Will Hoyt, but then there's Michael Smith. Uh, Went to McClay High School, was an All-American, or excuse me, an All-All all Regional guy, won uh, a suburban regional quarterfinals uh, participant. But um, you know, from what I from what I've five read, five-star,
1: five-star
2: mm-hmm. five kicker, yeah, yeah, that yeah, he was right. rated five-star by the Coles Kicking Camp, and that's yeah. a little separate from like a five-star from 24-7 sports or, or rivals. But I guess Coles, they have their separate rankings for yeah, kickers. Yeah,
1: because rivals even – I don't know rivals even – do they even rank kickers? Probably
2: not. I've seen a couple, but it's like they have like
1: five kickers, you know. Yeah.
2: It might be something like back in the day – Um, man, I can't remember the name. It's like Scott Bentley from way back in the day mm-hmm. from Florida State where he's like, okay, this is the number one kicker in the nation. But they've got like five That said, you know, he's a five star kicker rated by the Coles kicking service, and he'll be a great addition.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, again, kickerslash punter. So that'll be a nice, interesting uh, battle in the fall to see. Um, Cedric Bird, a defensive back and running back from Gadsden County, an all Big Bend honorable mention player, 5'11, 175. Uh, I believe he is another young man that we will see in the fall. Uh, of course, there is uh, DJ Boney, um, transfer from Eastern Kentucky. We had a chance to talk to DJ along with his dad, so we know he's in he's on campus, and he'll be out competing with the other quarterbacks when spring practice starts Tuesday. Uh, Alan Smith Jr., linebacker, 6'2", 228, Transfer from Louisville, went to Grayson High School, same high school as uh, Isaiah Land. He he was probably by looking at when he was there, he either was a I think he was a year behind Isaiah. Isaiah mm-hmm. came to fam in 2018, and he's 2019, so he was probably a year behind Isaiah. But but Grayson is uh, one of those schools in uh, Loganville, Georgia. Football factory. Football factory. Oh, yeah. Right, right. And uh, Marcus, you make a nice note there that we originally offered him in 2019. He suffered a season-ending injury um, in high school. Um, But, you know, decided to go to Louisville, but he found his way back to FAMU. So it's all good. kind of works itself out. Uh, Chase Lloyd, another... Recruit, uh, defensive back, six one two twenty, another big six, another big guy. This guy now he's a transfer from Vanderbilt. Uh, Westlake High School is where he played. He was a three star coming out of high school, uh, an all region first team uh, offensive guy. Um, what position did he play on offense?
2: I think it was a wide receiver. So that was interesting when I researched that. I was like, oh, so he's got all region at wide receiver, and they turned him into a DB. I don't remember or I don't recall if he played both ways in high school, but he was on the first team on offense, all region under Georgia High School Football Daily uh, periodical. He's in all region two, all region team on offense.
0: All right. Uh, Sylvester Mathis, the fourth linebacker slash DE, 6'5, 235. From out of Centennial High School in Roswell, he's a transfer from Temple slash Morehead State. Uh, he, he went to Temple University as a walk-on in 2021, um, and I believe most recently was at Morehead State. I would presume,
2: but and the uh, other way around. Oh, other he way started around, out maybe. at Morehead, and I think for the COVID, I don't know. If, I, I'm assuming. That he just said, you know what, I'm gonna take a chance on myself, and he transferred to Temple,
0: right? And, and you know, hey, look, if Moorhead, if, if that's the COVID year, Moorhead State probably was like many FCS programs, they or you know, Division Two, uh, Moorhead, uh, yeah, Moorhead uh, State is FCS, yeah, so so yeah, they probably didn't play, and he was looking for an opportunity, and so if he walked on at Temple, hey you know more more uh, power to him but i just love the size again 65 235 mm-hmm. i mean that's that's four four guys of 64 to 65 size that we have just talked about here on this recruiting in this recruiting class so i uh, love on to the see defensive it. line on the defensive line exactly linebackers and defensive end uh here's another 6 foot defensive back tuan wilson went to lakeland high school in lakeland florida um you know, a a uh, three star rated guy, uh, a four class four A suburban state champion, um, and uh, uh, he'll be joining us loaded in team. the.
1: What'd you say? I said they. That was a loaded team. This year's Lakeland team, they, yes. their whole secondary all signed D one. Wow! <clears throat> and I think, right. I think I think he was headed to Jackson State.
2: Yep, I think I am about to say, I think he was heading there over, there, over there, but. Okay, so that's the
1: young he's man we flipped,
0: we flipped from uh, from Jackson State once Coach Prime decided to go uh, west.
1: Okay, He's one of
0: them. One of them.
1: Yeah, he's oh, one of them. It was a couple of them.
0: Okay, uh, I like this young man right here. Wide receiver, Robert Christian Lockhart III. Uh, and, and, he's and, another one. Yeah, 5'7". <laughs> 165 but this kid has speed um i've caught mm-hmm. a glimpses of what he does in the track season right now oh my yep. god yep. i mean i think he was i think i just saw a post that his uh four by four by 100 relay team has mm-hmm. uh, had the fourth fastest time in the state so far uh i think so. country
2: Let me double-check that. But, yeah, I saw that this weekend that he's running track. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I mean. Yeah, he got a baton. It, it last me. He, yeah, he posted a clip. He got a baton. They were in second place. And, um, you know, it had a little distance to make up. And he, he made it up with, with about 10 steps, 10 strides. <laughs> <laughs> and wanted it going away. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, another name that we were excited about, signing uh, defensive back Justin Bostick from out of Palm Beach Central, uh, Wellington, oh, Florida, 5'10", yeah. uh, 180. Um, this kid uh, comes with all Retail. the accolades.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah.
1: And he, he may come, he may be yeah. at – him and Lockhart, I think, are our two highest-rated high school – uh, two highest-rated rate, uh, prospects coming in.
2: Mm -hmm. He was a playmaker. He was a a playmaker waiting to happen between uh, pick sixes and returning kicks. So that's something we'll talk about a little later, but something we definitely need in our defensive backfield. I'm just curious with the amount of transfers we had, you know, how that's going to work out. I mean, the cream may rise to the top, if you will, and if he plays his way into significant time. But just based on his senior year, especially being in in, and. making it to the regional finals for Class 4A Metro, basically the biggest division as they reconfigured the FHSAA. So he was in the Metro division for Class 4. And so he was playing with all the big boys. And, and he got accolades from not only being first team all-state from high school FloridaHighSchoolFootball.com, but basically every defensive player of the year award for this, any of the South Florida periodicals for his class. Yep.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, very well. Yeah, definitely one of the highest rated and most decorated for sure. Uh, another big 6'5", 250 defensive end, Malachi Owens from Godby High School. You know, we just keep Godby. I mean, I think we have. There's a, probably a kid from Godby every year. You know that yeah. I think we we probably get about two or three guys from Godby. Um, every season. And, uh,
1: yeah, we definitely have a pipeline going on with them yeah, right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, we do it. Yeah. So, um, coach credit to coach Simmons, uh, and, or whoever on the staff is the key recruiter for Godby. Um, uh, but man, we, we've had a good run. And so another six, five, I mean, it's almost like, you know how, when you see teams that recruit certain positions, you have certain, parameters. It's like I want my defensive guys to be 64 or bigger and of a certain frame. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 or you want DBs that are this that look, and rarely do you get off of the 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 prototype uh, or the 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 idea of what you want from this position. And that's what I feel like we're starting to get. Like when we, and probably we, we may do this later on, but if we really analyze what the guys on the front line look like, they probably all have the same build. You know, we're probably starting to get guys that all have a same build, and I yeah. mean that's that's saying something. I, I think that's that's a, that's powerful. Uh, could could be different. It's so. working. Yeah.
1: If it ain't um, if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
0: If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh let's see. Oral Grey, athlete, six three. Uh another big time. Star. Big time. Yes. Uh yeah. a three star guy, six foot from out of University Christian High School in Jacksonville. That's a good quality program. Don't let the small one A size fool you. Um, out of Jacksonville, as you can see, the accolades uh was a first team all, all off first team all offense um part of the it was offensive player of the year for the florida times union um
1: the best player yeah he was the best player on um in in the area by according to the florida Times union which is jacksonville and you're absolutely right about that class 1a they play a uh pretty much a uh national schedule and they And um, they they play three A and four A schools all the time, so Mm -hmm. he's played against great competition.
2: Yeah, yeah. They usually go head up. I mean, they. I mean, it's a competitive division. I think it was Class Two A before or Class Three. I can't remember with all the reconfiguration. But between University Christian and Trinity Christian, they always used to go head up. And you know, Trinity out of Jacksonville's got some players. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So I mean, it's not like they're playing scrubs or anything. They're playing some quality competition within the Jacksonville, within the Duval County and Jacksonville metro area, but also around the state.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Right, right. All right. Um, I think that pretty much wraps up the class. Um, The other... We do have one more. The other... Is that this young man here? James Gardner Jr.?
2: Uh, He's... He was offered... I don't know if he signed yet. I didn't see anything, Ah, but uh, Judify Michelle... He's a lanky DB linebacker out of uh, St. Lucy West Centennial high school. And he just, I think they had a signing ceremony last Wednesday or Thursday. So he was kind of on the peripheral in terms of whether we consider him signed or not. Cause they hadn't heard much since signing day, but he was on the TC Palm all area football team, first team defense and his team made it to the first round of the playoffs. But once again, Probably six three one ninety, 190, the DB or linebacker. You never know. I mean, depending on his level of athleticism and and, and um, game awareness, uh, fo- football acuity, you know, he could put some bulk on, you know, be a big DB or, you know, depending what, on yeah, how he, much he can run, could be another Isaiah played, Lane. Yeah, exactly. I don't know, but.
0: Yeah, you know, as a as a as a linebacker, I gotta imagine he got to put on about another twenty five pounds. Um, you know, mm-hmm. at, at one ninety, you probably want him in the two twenties um, if he's gonna be a linebacker. But you know, six three is not a bad size for a DB. Another another kid that you can probably put in a couple of different areas and just and just see how hard he works and see where he grows. What can his body? Uh, you know, work with, but man, I I love this signing class. The total number, Marcus. Do you know the total just offhand? The number are we at twenty. I feel like we went through about twenty something names here.
2: Yes, and actually, there's one more. we uh, down uh, there. Long snapper and for, ah, yes, I'm sorry. And yep. for some reason, it seemed like we were offering long snappers like they were going out of style around Christmas
1: time. <laughs> I don't know what what was going on. Oh. Uh it looks like twenty. Well we got a special teams uh, coordinator, uh, coach, and um you know he you know he has to replace all Americans in 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 a group that have been together for like two years, two, three years now. So, so you he uh, don't want no drop off. I, I like it. Mm-hmm. Ron Gaines, um
0: long snapper six five two thirty-five. Uh a transfer from Temple University. He's from Simeon High School in Chicago, and so uh, yeah, hey, you 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 talk about having a complete special teams unit. Well, that's what you need. That's what you need. Uh, need a long snapper. Uh, so yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good summary there of the recruiting class. And um, let's uh, let's sort of transition from the class to sort of really looking at what's ahead, uh, this, this spring, um, 15 practices. Uh, it looks like by the pacing or the breakdown of the schedule, we've got practices at least three times a week. Usually they'll be on Tuesdays and Thursdays, maybe with a practice on a Saturday. Um, so where do we where do you want to start, Marcus? In terms of looking at, you want to kind of look at the depth of of these uh, of our of ourselves on the defensive side of the ball.
2: Yes, let's let's start there.
0: Yeah, let's let's start there. Um, let's
2: see. All right, I'm, is that, is I'm that... breaking news. I'd I like to vet this, but I don't, it looks like a uh, social media uh, coach. I don't know if this is real or not, but he offered a player whose class of twenty twenty-nine in <laughs> coach <wrist> press. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is wild. Yeah, no. I don't know. what I have grade to...
0: wait a minute. What grade is that now? That's Plus a he's sixth 11. grader. That's a that's not is he even yeah. a middle schooler? That's probably a fifth or sixth grader.
2: Well, they've got video of I'm I can't hear the audio, but the kid's on a phone. He's got the you know, Twitter you can put a an image and a short clip of yourself and he's on the phone and I don't know if he's actually being offered or not but it's just got retweeted he sent it out and somebody else retweeted it so I don't know where the kid's from or how he knows I don't know if he's from Rudolph Ingram I don't know if he where he's from now the Ingram last name is interesting I don't know if he's related to um CJ Ingram who's coaching down at Hawthorne so I don't know if that's one of his kids or a relation but I'll do some digging after this. It says area code 813. I don't know that's the Tampa area, so I don't know if that's close by to where Hawthorne, Florida. I think they just want a state title in Class 1A. Um, them them, them, them kids out there, them kid.
0: look, if, if he offered a sixth grader that probably is built like a senior, yeah, I understand, because they, <laughs> that, that, that's possible that you might have over there in Hawthorne. Yeah. Like, you might have some sixth graders that have them like grown man strength that you look and say, and I've seen it. I've seen I've seen some sixth graders that you be like, come on, bro. You're not a you're not a sixth grader. You you look like you built like a junior. I'm in seventh grade, sixth grade. What? Just like what kind of freakish gene pool did you did you dip your toe into? Uh, man, but anyway,
1: I know Hawthorne won Hawthorne won basketball championship if i'm not mistaken football too i know they mm-hmm. went to the football yeah finals. i think they
2: won i think they won this year now looking at the video of the kid he doesn't look like what what like what you're describing apparently he's fast though and i guess i don't know if he's i'd imagine and this is pure speculation that you know with the last name if he's related to uh was it cornelius ingram i think played in florida and then cj ingram I think a class of 2025 recruit that we they may have offered and just want to stay title. Hawthorne think class one a uh, rural. If he's in that same family line, he's got the genes. Then you know, I guess Coach Wristpress is jumping on him early. Hey, it's if if, take- it, if if it vet if it's vetted out and it's proven. You know, right now it's on social media, so you got to take that with a grain of salt.
0: Well, hey, look. Why not start building your board early? You know, you gotta you gotta be ahead of the game, <laughs> right? <laughs> I That's mean, you, know, right. All, hey, you gotta be ahead of the game. You know, start identifying them now before before some other schools start doing it. All right, uh, let's start. Let's take a look at our depth chart going into this upcoming spring. Now, I heard that we have, and I don't know, maybe Kelvin or Kofi. I don't know, had said this. We have some upwards of a hundred players uh, that we're kind of starting spring camp with. Is that, that sounds about right. That's, uh, that's correct. That, yeah. I mean, man, when you have a hundred players, I mean, again, we are an FCS. We PR have depth. Realm. We mm-hmm. have, we have yeah. ridiculous depth. Um,
1: that's a, that's a lot. Yeah, that's, that's a that lot. That was my
2: MVP seven, for last year.
1: Seven, 17 office alignment. Wow.
0: That is amazing. Um, so, all right. On the defensive line, uh, you can see Marcus broke it down. You broke it down, Marcus. You've got uh, with sixteen potential returners. Um.
2: Then, uh, we'll yeah. Hopefully, leave. my my math is right. But yeah, sixteen returners. And so it'll be interesting to see. So this includes defensive ends and defensive tackles. And so. You know, of the 16 names, a lot of them you've heard before in terms of Richard Summers, Gentle Hunt, Donald Hall, some of the interior linemen. Kamari Stevens, who had a breakout year last year. Uh, Stanley Mentor, one of the stalwarts in the middle. Dre Jones. Uh, and transfers James Ash and Anthony Dunn, who we mentioned had a breakout. And some of the names that are were on the roster, I'm not sure to what degree they received playing time, but Lafonso Ruffin, a transfer from Jackson State. Uh, freshman signed late signee Jimmy Lubin from American Heritage and DeAndre Clark, who I believe was a couple classes ago, and also Michael Marshall, who's a three-star out of Miami Northwestern. So I'm interested to see how you know things play out. As far as we know thus far, the only departures potentially Kyle Jackson, who was part of the original class of 2018. And Abu Bangura, who did enter the transfer portal, he did put out a social media post. So those are the only two that I'm aware of. And, of course, you know, things change day to day. And the newcomers we mentioned before, um, the guys that were the four big guys, uh, Sharif Say, Tyrese Gibson Battles, Sylvester Mathis, and Malachi Owens. And there's a potential out there, James Gardner, who's from Florida and went to southwest Mississippi. Community college, he gave a verbal commitment, but I haven't seen confirmation that he signed or whether it's going to be something in the spring. So, from that standpoint, I mean, we've got a lot of bodies on the line. The one challenge I have, I just don't know as it relates to the aforementioned Richard Summers and Jolon Gilley and um, Stanley Mentor and Donald Hall know their eligibility as it relates to the time clock i think they're all class of 2018 so in theory they all have a covid year they have a covid year so i, I just don't know and so i'm assuming they're coming back but if they don't come back then we've not done a good job of recruiting defensive tackles we do have a couple alphas of out there but i'm assuming that they're coming jack coming back just because out of all the positions that we made offers and eventual signees defensive tackles probably one of the ones that had the fewest, or didn't have any signees, but also the, probably one of the fewest number of offers. Um, with with this
0: defensive line group, I, I imagine, you know, again, when you got 16 to 20 guys in this, it'd be great to have a solid first and second you know, tear. Almost dare I say, creating a blood and creating creating a, a, a sweat line. Um, you know what I'm saying? You can create that first and mm-hmm. second group and then have a third team group that you've got guys who are ready to jump in. Because I mean if you can have a dominant eight guys, um, man, I mean, and, and not really lose anything, that's that that's powerful. Uh, one of the names, I mean, like I said, I I think, Gentle Hunt, uh, Kamari Stevens, those are the names who we became most familiar with from last year. Uh, one of the names that uh, Anthony Dunn was a name who sort of uh, uh, Gerald spotlighted, uh, given his. Dre Jones too. Dre Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, but but. Yeah, I mean, you got guys. These transfers, like, I'm, I'm so curious to see what a Sharif say does. I mean, a transfer from, from Southeast Louisiana. I mean, uh, there, there's some, there's some, there's some guys here that I, I think. Whew, I I hope we have the kind of defensive line that opens us up to be able to blitz a little more. That's the one thing I really hope. You know, as we talk about and I'm maybe jumping the gun here as I start thinking about what I hope to see us transition and do more of in 2023 is I really hope we can be more of an attacking defense in terms of blitzing um, mm-hmm. and just constantly showing pressure. I mean, I, I thought there were times when we kind of set back a lot and, you know, kind of a bend don't break. But I would, I would love to see us, you know, especially that first game of the season. Uh, that is the Orange Blossom, mm-hmm. is it this year? Yeah, Orange Blossom. Yes. I, I'd, I'd love for us to be able to, to be the kind of squad that can go and attack with more blitzes, more creative blitzes, things of that nature.
2: That's just my. So the opinion. one thing I guess, and Kevin, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but with all this size and hopeful talent coming to fruition with the four guys we signed plus returning kamari stevens and anthony dunn who may not need to blitz as much because their talent hopefully should get them home so we can have more people uh, either going man up or you know, in zone to kind of if we can get a rush with four then we have seven defend more defenders that we can have covering everybody going out We might not need to blitz as much putting ourselves in a vulnerable position
1: well, you know, uh, I think uh, the scheme that we use is 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 for the linebackers to um, play sideline to sideline, so to speak. So, um, And we're not a big blitzing team, but we hadn't had to be. Uh, I do think we need to mess up a little bit more. We started to do some of that this year, and I, I anticipate we'll continue to do that as we build our depth and size on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but uh, yeah, we we're not a big, we're not a bit blitzing team, but you know we were predictable at times against uh teams with good quarterbacks uh mm-hmm. and, and they were able to pick pick us apart. So I think that's what Brian is getting at.
2: okay. yeah, the other thing with the defensive line, you know once again, you know the stout and I was looking at the numbers that typically get ascribed to the defense. just looking at our year end numbers for 2022. Uh, a lot of numbers were down compared to 2021. And I don't know, makes made me appreciate 2021 that much more. Mm-hmm. But you look at you know third down conversion percent defense, we were down 16 spots compared to where we were. So we we're 37th in 2022 versus 16 spots ahead of that in 2021. Fourth down defense, we were down nine spots to be 25th season in last year versus 16th. And first down defense was down 18 spots. Red zone defense was down 10 spots. to number 26. So it's not bad. It's not like we were giving up yards like, like it was a yard sale or anything like one that. One name,
1: Marquise Bell. Yeah. Time to replace a pro. Yes.
0: One one name, and I'll I'll go one step further. I'll say one game. Um, if you extrapolate that one game. Where we gave mm-hmm. up 59 points. What do our stats look like? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Let, let's be That's a good question. Like, like take away the fifth let, let's say Jack, what 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 would you say Jackson State's average point scored during the season was minus the 59 point game? Probably mid 20s. I don't think they hit over, I don't think it was over 30. So let's just say they were on average, let's say they maybe scored 28 points against us instead of 58, 59 points. What do our stats look like with the exception of that game? You know what I'm saying? So when we talk about, oh, yeah. the, you know, I, I just think, again, the, the, the difference in one game, is monumental because mentally you can't all we heard from other people was what 59 to three, no matter what we did all year. That's what everybody came back to the first.
1: but well, the first two games were that, I would say that's mm, where we're going in North the first Carolina. two games. Yeah. Carolina they put up a lot of, they put up a lot of yards and points too. So a absolutely. lot of rush yards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so if, if you looked
0: at the, look at, look at the, the, the next nine games, and, and sort of, I don't know how you mathematically do it, to be honest with you. Because North Carolina was a high-scoring offense. See, I think North Carolina was a high-scoring offense all year because they didn't really play defense. Mm-hmm. Jackson State Correct. was not a high-scoring offense all year. Like, that, that the point production they got in the Celebration Bowl might have been the most points they scored since the Orange Blossom Classic. Uh, I, you know, if I, if, and I'm just shooting off the top of my head here, I, I could be wrong, but so I, I just think, yes, it, how good our numbers were in 2021 are pure product of how close that opening game was. And maybe, just maybe, our numbers are so drastically different as you did these comparisons, Marcus, based on those mm-hmm. first two games.
2: Yeah. I kept that in mind, but even still, I mean, look down a little bit further down in terms of total defense, we were actually improved one spot going from number 10 to number nine for 2022. So it wasn't all, all bad, but just in terms of comparison to 2021, which may have been, who knows, the pinnacle, and hopefully we can repeat it in this year, but comparing those numbers, we did see decline, slight decline in the statistics, you know, and I'm looking at the numbers, Carolina, North Carolina. University of North Carolina had 608 yards, uh, with 314 rushing and 294 passing. So yeah, that's like an anomaly yeah. that really could skew it when you look at averages. Like
0: look at uh, when, and, in that in that same rank total defense when you look at the offensive touchdowns versus opponents touchdowns, plus six. Well, that's the first two games of the year, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yes. The plus six is the first two games of the season. I mean, with Jackson State, was like plus eight, uh, and then Carolina was probably plus four. So, I don't know.
2: Yeah, so it was really skewed. Uh, let me see. In total, defense, total offense. Yeah, Jackson State had four hundred seventy-one yards. So, you're talking about between those two games over a 1,000 yards of offense on the first two games between the first two opponents, right. almost 1,100 yards. And so uh, for the year, we gave up, uh, I don't know, a lot, that's probably at least a third of what we gave up for the whole year.
0: Uh, I'm going to always look at yards per play and turnover margin. And I'm, I just happen to be on those two here. Are yards per play... You know, on the year was what four point nine seven. Okay, um, under five. Um, you know, that's that's a, that's a, that's okay, not great, but at the same time, I think our turnover margin uh,
2: was we were. What, we plus had a negative over. turnover margin. Did we have a negative turnover? We had a, this year. Versus we were, we had a plus 11 in 2021 and we were minus two. Oh, wow. For this year. Which category was it? it Because
0: I'm looking at interceptions. We were plus five on interceptions. Which one hurt us?
2: What was the. We didn't get as many fumbles. Ah, okay. Okay. We had six fewer fumbles. Six fewer fumbles in 2022 versus 2021 and three fewer interceptions. Okay. Well, there you go. And we had... Um, uh, we had one fewer fumble, but we had five more interceptions.
0: Um, Kind of scrolling down here, looking at the, the roster in terms of games played in their career, you know, um, I, I think the... We, you know, you pointed out Dre Jones having played 15 career games. Uh, Richard. Richardson. that was
2: preseason. Yeah, that was for preseason of 2022. So I have, that hasn't been updated at the oh, conclusion okay. of 2022.
0: Okay. 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 All right. So I won't, I won't, I'll look past this then. All right. Uh, let's move over to, you want to move over to linebackers now? Yes. All right, looking over at linebackers. Oh. Hey, uh speaking of defensive line, who was the who was the and, and we talked about recruits that we kind of were hoping we'd get but maybe missed out on. Who was the young man who we were hoping to get uh the defensive lineman from out of the community college a year ago right in the spring um had ties hmm. to FAMU. Through his uh, through his uh, through his family,
1: yeah, You or know Orlando. You know what I'm talking
0: about yes. Uh oh, I can't think of the name.
1: Oh
2: yes, uh, Raymond Cuts.
0: Cuts, yes, yes, Cuts. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: yes, yes. I uh, yeah, I don't know where he
1: ended up going, but man, he, he, stayed at at Juco. Juco. Mm-hmm. Stayed he stayed at JUCO. Stayed at JUCO. He, he won't be he won't be finished until the. spring. To the summer, I believe.
0: Okay, okay. So, what you're saying is, there's a, there's a chance, like in the fall, there's a
1: chance, is what you're telling me. Fall 2023. <laughs> what you saying? Know. We'll see. We we, <laughs> we, we don't we don't look like we wait. Don't that. don't don't look like we waiting around for nobody. No, no,
0: we can't wait around for anybody. So it's you know, but but uh, you know, we talk about always adding depth. You know that it, I'd rather have more depth. Then
2: none, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. All right, so. Now, one other, on that defensive line, just a quick. There's a short, or there's a, actually it's kind of big. Kind of reminds me of like a, I can't remember the defensive lineman for um, the Patriots or a few years ago, but a guy out of Texas that we offered. And this is kind of a testament to the recruiting for Coach Rispess and everybody else. We picked up some gems at the D2 level and coached them up. So I guess the same way that a lot of FBS and power teams are plucking some of the better players at the FCS level, I think we, we've done a pretty good job. If We look at the folks, even though they get a lot of playing time last year, but we, I think we got two wide receivers at the, from the D2 level They got injured during the season or maybe during the spring, but picking out talent from that, that level. And there's a young man, Tradarius Colbert, that we offered out of uh, Angelo State University, and I think he made like a D2 All-American or something like that. Lone Star Conference All, you know, Honorable Mention one year and All-Conference football team and I'm not sure if he made an All-American team at the D2 level, but we've at least offered him because he's in the portal. So he I, could be an addition potentially.
0: I've heard coaches say or maybe it was scouts say that the, the, the top tier D2 players, they stand out on tape. Like when you when you cut the film on and you see a dude and you're just like oh on, on first glance uh and that's regardless of whether it's the sic CIAA or wherever the, the top guys stand out and the top guys can play at the division one FCS level maybe even FBS level I mean the players can play players who can play they show up on film so yeah credit to coach Riz. if he if he if we're able to to spot that kind of talent and 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 see, oh yeah, I like the way this guy. If he's a running, if he's a receiver, I like the way he runs his route. I like the way he attacks the ball. I like the way you know he he goes after the ball. He doesn't wait on the ball to come to him. That that kind of and he's got good size and strength. Oh, that stands out. It, it probably stands out in in one game. So
1: every level, every, every level,
0: every level. Yep. Well said. Well said. Okay. Linebackers, let's look at our linebacker situation. Uh, I personally thought it was an improvement from 21 to 22. Um, And, of course, Isaiah Major is a big reason for that. Um, (laughs) You know, I don't know if we really saw the best of Eric Horn. Um, You know, I I think he got hurt.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he only played four games.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He he didn't get a lot of playing time. Michael Watson, the true freshman, played a lot, though, and played
2: yeah, he well. Got, he got seven games, so I'm looking forward to seeing him. And Devin Smith, I think, was a, a three-star recruit out of uh, River. Is it Riverside? John,
1: John, it Ch- 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 John Chaney played well, too. Mm-hmm. So our young guys, along with our newcomer, Isaiah Major, of course, leading that group, but our young guys really played well. They were more athletic and um, could do more things, be frankly be Uh uh, Fagan is an undersized guy, and then um, our senior from uh, who has played two or three years the year before, he was a run stopper, but uh, you know he wasn't a sideline to sideline guy or someone who could tap in space. So this group of linebackers we have now is pretty athletic and they can tap in space as well as uh, cover and 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 stop the run.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's Jalil Kaur's name on there, part of that departure. I you know. Of course, you know I never. I don't think he, maybe due to injuries or something to that level, but he never really, uh, never really shined like I had probably hoped he would, uh, based off, uh,
2: you know, coming out of high school. Yes. Yeah. Now, I guess to to Kelvin's point about the athleticism and and the youth coming up, I agree completely, and the fact that I If my numbers are right, once again, if we've only signed one linebacker, this recruiting class, you know, the transfer Alan Smith, then I guess the coaches are feeling pretty good about what they have because they're only adding one person. And I think I read somewhere or heard somewhere either from his own account from um, Jordan Moore or somewhere that he may be playing like a hybrid DB linebacker role. So he's kind of floating back and forth. Right. with the depth and the talent at linebacker and only signing one this class and not losing, well, looks like we lost seven people just based on names. Uh, we don't know to what degree they, they, they played or contributed. Other than Isaiah Land, if you consider him a linebacker, even though he played stand-up linebacker, Russian a lot, and Darius Fagan. Everyone else, we're not real sure what roles, how significant a role they play. But I think we have at least 12 names from last year last year's roster, including some guys that made some special teams appearances. And then you only add one more linebacker. They must feel pretty good about it. And it's, and we don't
0: play a uh, traditional, like, 3-4. So we don't have to really have great numbers,
1: numbers. at the linebacker
0: yeah. position. Because at, at the most, we, we probably got two linebackers on the field. You know, we're probably gonna have five defensive backs, and then you're talking your four four down linemen. So um, we we don't, you know, if if we we've got twelve returners, I mean that's that's six deep, <laughs> that's six levels there. Um, that that that's probably plenty. And, and if a, a few, if more than a few guys go down, you probably got a few DBs as many DBs as we have. We probably got one or two DBs who could probably make the transition um <laughs> on a on a short on a short term basis from DB to linebacker.
2: Mm, especially the bigger ones like um Chase Lloyd who's like 6'2 200, so I mean he could maybe fill in on spot duty if he had to had to do something like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um optimism for this for this year. Um, any, anything you guys want to see the linebackers do more of? I mean, I've already told you what I what I hope the linebackers are able to do more this year. But how about you, Kelvin? Anything you hope to see this uh, linebacking core do more of or differently?
1: Uh, be be more dominant. I, I don't know with Land being out of there. I feel good about our edge rushers. Uh, I do think uh, we probably, and I know the coaches are looking probably to add a little depth with our interior line, but uh, I, I think besides Major, I think we're going to need to be a little bit more active and that we're going to need a little more playmaking out of the, the linebacker position this year. So uh, that's what I want to see growth. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, how about you, Marcus, anything, or do you want to move to the DBs?
1: About the
2: same as Kelvin. You know, it'd be nice. I mean, Johnny Chaney made some plays last year if he continues to grow. If Michael Watson comes on and Devin Smith. If they all kind of mimic Isaiah Major, then, you know, it's going to be lights out for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, they got good size, too. Yeah. This is going to be our probably our biggest linebacking group we've had in the last 20 years or so.
0: Is I'm going to throw, throw this out here real early is i Ma, isaiah major in the running for SWAT preseason defensive player of the year
1: absolutely i mean that's that's a softball i i slapped <laughs> that one out the, out the ball <laughs> <laughs> right. i
0: i i want to see if i wanted to see if you were on the same page that i was thinking you know i'm trying to you know i i think other than the kid from uh alabama state um you know uh i i gotta think you know major's gonna be right there in the running uh For preseason defensive player of the year easily. Absolutely. Um, all right. Defensive backs. Woo boy. We are loaded. I I don't know. I, I would love to get into the head of a defensive back coach and figure out how you sort all this out. Um, 22 returners. As you point out here, Marcus, uh, we only lost six. Um, you know, so I mean, that speaks to the the depth, and then of course through the transfers and the recruiting class, there's ten newcomers. Um, I, I mean, what? I mean, you you give up a you give up a touchdown, you you're benched. Period. You you, you go deep down into the well. <laughs> That's how deep we are. Um,
2: I, I I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm- I mean, I was amazed. I was like, really? You know, when you count up the numbers and look at the names, once again, you know, preseason, I'm like, goodness gracious, this is like being in the Big 12. I mean, how much, I don't know if the quarterback's armor gets sore for us to have this many DBs. I mean, you have got 32 DBs. I know some are on special teams and you know they have uh, duty, but it's like,
1: man, 32. I'm going to tell you what sticks out to me about this group, too. Um, you don't hardly have any seniors yeah and of all them out of all them DBs, they 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 have another year
2: yeah yep. at least yeah i think uh Javen morgan's the uh senior citizen
1: i'm gonna tell you the most the two most intriguing people for me who i'm really gonna watch for the spring and see how they do uh because i i think their upside is exponential and they could be difference makers for us one is jordan moore of course who had to sit out last year uh, I'm, yes. I'm really to see his, with his size and talent I, I in my mind i'm thinking marquise bell now that's exactly. high praise but but he comes with that kind of talent and potential the other person if you look at our dbs they all got size yeah you know the guys we lost are the five eight guys for the most part that's right that's true that's so true everybody 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 who's coming back pretty much are six foot at least. What exceptional one, and he's the most intriguing player on, on, on the squad. That's mm-hmm. Zion O'Reilly. I knew you, I mean, I knew you were going to we say that. We already know he's a playmaker. I mean, he's a guy that it, when he makes a play, if he gets his hands on it, it's going for six. We saw it in the last spring game, right? Uh, We redshirted him. He returned kids and pawns. He can play receiver too. But he's dynamic. He's the next kid that just passed the eye test in every other aspect right he's small in stature but I mean he's got like a 40 inch vertical so I mean uh I'm really interested to see if uh I expect him to rise to the top and be a starting corner to be frank with you and potentially a shutdown corner at five six five seven and that just uh that amazed me with all the talent we're bringing in. But I'm really looking looking to see his him take that step. Um, I, I'm
0: I'm interested in what Lovey Jenkins does because I think Lovey Jenkins had a good freshman year. The sophomore year, I don't know if it was. Um,
1: I'm not gonna say it. They was – They picked on it. him. Yeah, they did. They did. They, they, and, they picked on him. I mean, you. But but, they had, but who, who he was going to pick on, right? J- Javon Morgan, the other safety was, you know, what led him, swagging interceptions and what had about five or six of them, you know? So, and, and he's known for being a thief. So, so, I mean, you got go to go after Lovey.
0: Yeah. I didn't want to say it wasn't impressive, but it, it just, it wasn't the same. Um, I think, you know, hopefully uh, he, 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 he transitions into into or transforms back to what we saw his first year because the talent is so much bigger and better this year. I thought he flourished when the talent around him was bigger and better 2 years ago, right? And I think mm-hmm. now with big and the other guy for me uh I think I Again, I, everyone tells me, Ken, as good as B.J. Bowler was, is they everyone says Kendall Bowler is the one that's going to be the dog. He's the dog of the family. The, he's the one, the bigger frame. He's the one that really is going to be exciting to watch, I believe, over the next two years. We saw the flashes. And uh, how about Tevin Griffey? Uh, sp- my opinion, Special Teams Player of the Year, probably, uh, especially on return teams, and you know, did 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 he earn some time? You know, did he earn some opportunities in some packages uh, with the with the defensive core? I mean, there's so much depth there, um, and, and I'm sure there's other yeah. names. There, there's so many names here that uh, you know. Yeah, sometimes you feel bad. You you may leave out a guy, but. Um, those are just a couple of names I'm looking at. How about you, Marcus? Any names in there that you are eagerly interested to see what they do this spring or this upcoming year?
2: Uh, Probably the same ones. Um, Javon Morgan, I mean, he's been a, a, a ball hawk since he's been there. So just seeing him grow and continue to grow into the leadership role. Uh, Kimani King, a transfer from Iowa State last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he made some plays, but I don't know if he made the impact. I guess we were anticipating about a year ago right? in terms of you know, breaking to the starting lineup and just like being boom, boom, boom. So I want to see how he progresses. And, and I'm with Kelvin on, on Zaire Riley because he came, in, he came in as a two-star, but a lot of accolades locally, and you could just see the athleticism oozing out of him. And even some of the plays he made in, in his senior year in high school in terms of Pick sixes and returning kicks. So just having his dynamic ability on the field, I'm interested in that. And I don't know if it's going to happen from a DB standpoint for Justin Bostic. But as I mentioned before, the plays he made as a senior in high school against top level in state comp- high school competition only bodes well. But I just don't know if he'll crack the lineup. You know, with all the sheer number yeah. of players and the talent, yeah. I don't, I don't foresee that. But you never know.
1: Yeah. I think it's gonna to be tough for the high school kids, even not because from a talent level. I just think we got so much returning experience talent uh, that it's gonna to be tough to. You really have to shine to outbeat the guys returning, and you know that's a tall order when they got not only experience but they're gonna have the spring ahead of you. And the high school kids don't come in until later. Uh, mm-hmm. I throw one more name: Jalen Glaze out of Minnesota. Very physical kid. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how he does in the spring.
0: Yeah. Uh, again, I'm just looking at the size chart there. Uh, as you said, I mean, other than Zaire Riley, nobody else is shorter than five ten. So you get anywhere from five ten to six ones. Got a couple of six three guys in there. Uh, I think I think Winsome Fraser was another name. Yes. That yes. Uh, that uh, Gerald spotlighted in his article and, and Frazier listed at six three. I mean wow. Mm-hmm. So six three one eighty five. There you go. So um any any other any other talking points about the defense
1: and the defensive
2: backs. Uh, the the, the only there. the only
1: thing I would say is this. So we have t- pretty much our offense is intact. Everybody's come back. Offensive line, you know, we lose Zay Smith, and we lose uh the big back. But we replaced. The, we get. We feel like we got ample replacement. Plus, we had some guys who uh, got injured. So the defense should be in position, especially with our schedule, where they should be playing with the lead a lot, and so they should be able to play fast and physical. Um, and, and they will have opportunities. I think to get turnovers and and, and, and um have there, there'll be plays to make so i think it's really important that they they be more dominant you know they, they were good last year this is a year this is a season i expect them to be great that's what i'm looking for that kind of growth consistently uh, better better
0: than uh 2021 huh at
1: least on that level Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, offense. Um, obviously, we we expect uh, Musa uh, to to be battled. He he, I, I you know I don't see any regression from Musa. What I will hope to see is the improvement in uh, completion percentage. I think I read he was about a 57% completion percentage guy.
1: Correct.
0: Uh 21 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. I I feel like he's capable of being in the 60s. And I I think Musa in the 60s means we are beating people by two touchdowns in my opinion on a consistent night in and night basis. When we we go back and think in our head to the games Musa in the sixty percent range it is the guy, um, but I also I I also worry, guys, because I always hear you hear Coach Simmons say this. I think we ought to kind of just kind of keep a running tally of how many times we hear Coach Simmons in the spring say it's about being balanced. That's one ding. Uh, establishing a better run run offense. That's another ding. So let me see balance better run uh there's something else that's gonna be that's that he's gonna say that you know we we just we gotta wait to see honestly we gotta wait to see whether it actually is true because first first game of spring it's gonna be a pass play (laughs) First, first first play of spring I'm guaranteeing it's gonna be a pass play You'll tell me about the running game, but the first play of spring is going to be a pass, and the first play against Jackson State is going to be a pass play. So I, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, prove me wrong. I prove me wrong. But um, I, the, I don't know. It, what what other what other thoughts about the quarterback position are you guys hoping, expecting? Let's let's go to depth chart. One, two, three one two three give me your 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 hope for one two and three
1: i think the most important part of the spring this year for the offense with so much coming back is developing the number two quarterback and i'm looking at particularly two people maybe three of course you don't bring in a transfer unless you think he can contribute and compete right away so Boney is a guy i'm I'm, you know a lot of talent Very athletic, uh, legacy kid. I'm interested to see how he picks up the offense and the athleticism he will bring with him to the position. I think that makes him – we'll be able to to differentiate him from um, Musa. Then the second person I'm really interested in, we we got just a little sample size, is, of course, my, my quarterback from Jacksonville. That's my guy. Mm-hmm. I like him. He's Ja'Cory the tallest Jack. guy. He got his, he got the strongest arm. He he's the fastest kid. Uh, and and I told you he was just raw. Ja'Cory he didn't um, have joined. to Six, four, yeah, 195. He, yeah, he did. Yeah, he didn't have to read defenses and all that stuff when he as he led his team to a state championship. He's a winner. Physically, he has all the tools. He passed the eye test. He can do it all. He's a true dual threat. So I'm looking for him. To pick up the offense and and actually compete now he knows what's going on i need for him to make that next step then then a wild card and all this for me this kid who sat out last year who didn't get cleared Mm. uh i know i know yeah junior junior, yeah junior so so out of those three we need a clear number two or a code number one I'm not, I know Musa. I have no issues, but I, I want a code number one. I want somebody to push him dead hard. But we need a clear number two.
0: Here's what's interesting about DJ Boney, Junior Maritovic. They're, they're, they're from the same neighborhood, and when I say neighborhood, Orlando, Florida. Same year. Fam, you offered, originally, Junior Maritovic right? Um, now, you know, they came back later for Boney, but, you know, Boney eventually found his way to FAMU. So, the I'm not going to say there is a rivalry, but trust me, Boney is, and Muratovic are familiar with each other. They will challenge each other uh, during the course of spring practices. So, that, I think, will be a friendly internal competition to see, you know, who excels. And then, yeah, can Ja'Cory Jordan, as you said, Kelvin, can he use the time that he was given to to his advantage? Because I think when you when you have the time and you're there in the room, you got to use it to your advantage. And so it'd be a shame... If Ja'Cory Jordan um it is not pushing Musa for the starting job. I think that would say more about Ja'Cory Jordan than really Musa if he's not challenging for that starting job. You know. Um and and like I said, I, I'm curious to see where Boney and Muratovic are. You know, because those are, you know, two guys similar, similar. But I, I, I like the quarterback room. Um, but uh, but I'm with you. I, I want to see, I do want to see it kind of level out, and 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 see that we have uh, some some strong uh, strong guys in there pushing Musa because uh, you know hey, all it takes is one one injury or or one bad day, you know, and, and you got to make a move. Um, Marcus, you want to add anything in there or or? Uh, move over to uh, quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, any, any thoughts on quarterbacks
2: or no? Uh, you no. guys pretty much said it all. Just you know, got to make sure. I guess in terms of Jacory Jordan and even Junior Maritovic, their play could be either could be either an indictment or an endorsement of our ability to develop quarterbacks because they've both been in the system for the same amount of time. Three, They were class of 2021. So this will be theoretically their third season on campus. This will be their second season without Coach Black. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll see. But in terms of developing players, now we did well with Isaiah Lane, even though it's on defensive side of the ball, and Xavier Smith. But developing the quarterbacks, we all know we've been around FAMU long enough. The quarterbacks, the glory position, everybody wants to know. That's the first question out of everybody's mouth. And as soon as a quarterback makes a misstep or throws more than one interception, they want to go, everybody, all the fans want to run to the transfer portal. Who's the next guy coming? So we all know that that's the spotlight position and the development of the talent that's here and maybe some of the talent that's already left really needs to show that we can develop folks. Now, we did have Ryan Stanley for four years, so he learned through the dark period of, you know, losing – you know, ten games in a season and all that. Right. Yeah, the transition between our previous coach and Coach Simmons. But now that we've got all this upswing and we're looking at three straight nine-win seasons, how are we developing the QB talent that we recruit to be able to take the mantle versus having and, to depend on a transfer?
1: And we did not do that well enough, in my opinion, with Sal.
2: I agree. Yep. That's, I, what I mean,
1: he, I thought he had talent. But I, I didn't see growth between, you know, redshirt year to when he finally transferred. Agreed. So, Agreed. so you're right. We got to see if we can develop that position.
0: And, and how about this for, for Musa? Um, you may, as you brought up the name Ryan Stanley, I mean, Musa's in that situation where how long has it been since a FAMU quarterback led us to a title? Um, I mean has it been a decade now over a decade um
1: you can you can choose Conference a title share of, yeah share share of a title what 2010
0: mm-hmm.
1: 2010. all yeah. right I'll, I'll write title that was Pulley, 20, great 2000 i think was yeah. that curtis Pulley back in 2010 2011 something like that no we 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 didn't win the title we didn't win the meet with Pulley.
2: no 2010 oof. OK, uh, uh, I can think I can see. That's, that's the year we
1: that. upset. That's the year we upset Bethune when they went undefeated.
2: OK, mm-hmm. yes.
0: All right. Uh, well, I, Taylor won a title. I don't know who was the quarterback when Taylor. I can't recall who the quarterback was when when Joe Taylor won that conference title. But that's how long it's been. And so that's what Musa legacy here. <coughs> legacy here is is real is real because you. Sure, you could have another great season like Ryan Staley did a few years, but at the end of the day, it's about championships. That's that's what Kofi always reminds us: it's about championships, right? So, hey, Jeremy Musa, that this is where your legacy your your legacy is is predicated on winning a championship. Coach Simmons and everyone else has said it's about getting to the Swag Championship Game, winning Swag Championship Game. Nothing, nothing else. There's nothing else outside of that i mean that's tremendous that's tremendous pressure so each and every one of these quarterbacks has to be prepared for that um real quick let's kind of go through this guys let's go through i mean we could we could uh let's kind of wrap it up on this thought about a name some names that we are kind of missing or names that we want to to see in the spring that maybe we haven't seen for a year or two um Marcus, I'll start with you. A name or two that you kind of miss uh, that, that you want to see this upcoming uh, spring and, and see what, what they look like, and we haven't seen them for a while.
2: Uh, I guess my challenge, my two names that pop into my head immediately, uh, I know we mentioned this in our, our pre-show, uh, LaRodrick James, who's an athlete playing on the defensive side of the ball, And I thought he was an athlete in the mold of Isaiah Land, but I know we've got a slew of defensive linemen and rush specialists and linebackers, so it might be a challenge. But I was really, I've been looking for him in the last two years to come out. And on the offensive side of the ball, actually, I can think of wide receivers now, but I was thinking of DeAndre Francis. I know he's been injured. and. Our running game took a significant step back last year as compared to 2021 when we had Bishop Bonner running it and he had a thousand yards. And I really thought last year we were going to keep that same formula, just pound the ball and lean on our running game and, and have an efficient passing game. But it almost flipped to the opposite where we were pass heavy. But I'd like to see DeAndre Francis, who I kind of believe is in the same mold as a it's like an offensive version of Zaire Riley. I mean, he's got the playmaking ability. He played bigger than his size at Rickards, and they got to the state title his senior year and lost in the state finals. But he was a home run waiting to happen. And so I think last year we missed a little bit of that. We had probably a little sturdier running game that was more uh, methodical, but we didn't have perhaps that one crease in your gone type player or at least available because I know he played well in the game versus i guess it was albany state the second game but it's, i don't know if he got injured or what happened but after that it seemed like uh, he didn't have a whole lot of showing and then you know we had aj davis in there we had terrell jennings playing some duty we had a lot of a lot of um jalen mcleod and even some spot showings by cameron seager but we have a, a roster of running backs and i know we want to wrap it up but that was going to be my next thing is like my big question on offense is, who's going to be the number one running back? I don't know if Destin Coates is coming back. He got injured last year's sports uh, spring game. But we got Kelvin Dean. we got Jacquez Yant. We've got a returning and DeAndre Francis. Uh, we have a couple guys who signed late last year. I think Brandon Barnes, who was out of Southern Lab in Louisiana. We had Cameron Seeger out of Eagles Landing Christian. A uh, young man, I think is... Uh, I know his last name is Brown start. I think it's Jalen Brown out of uh, Columbia Lake City. And this year, you know, we have Bo Somerset. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious how this running game is going to shake out.
1: All right. All right. Kelvin, what about you? Yes, sir. I got a couple of them, man. Uh a name that y'all guys been hearing me talk about a lot. Uh, that I'm really interested, the young man I I, I happen to have, have had a conversation or two with, Leland Wilhoit. Mm. Yes, sir. I, I I can't wait to see him on this spring. Uh, he, he's well put together. He's a slim, muscular cat, but he, he can receive, he can run. All the, All the reports I got from players and coaches is that, he's the real deal and um we didn't get a chance to see him last year i'm hoping he uh everything's good to go and um i know he's out there working out with the team now i'm telling you he's he's a bigger version potentially of what uh bishop brought to our offense um so so that's that's one thing i think everybody should be looking at um also um the receiver core got quite a few potential but the one i'm looking to to really to see uh senior year he should be healthy now um we're gonna rely on him more and he's a our one big receiver so uh i'm really i really want to see um my man um uh Manigo. I want to see him take that next level, be dominant, especially with Zagon now. I'm sure he'll get more targets. Um, and, and he's a senior now. So you know, he should be able to really up his game. And when you have a big receiver to go with uh what you already know, you're gonna get with some of the other guys. And you don't forget, we got Kamari Young big tight end along with uh that group so i just want to see more production more, more distributed production from our receivers and tight ends and uh in specific specifically man and um kamari young i think they were under underutilized um in situational um play short yardage jump ball etc so i'm hoping to uh, see those guys become more dominant and reliable.
0: Great point. Great names. Uh, I also had Leland Will Hoyt on my list uh, in the spring game last year. I just remember him standing out so much uh, to the point where I even asked Coach Simmons, "Did he envision Leland playing that Azende Ray role, uh, or the, what, what was the Azende Ray?" then became the Bishop Bonnet role. Uh, who would you say played that role? It was kind of – I think we struggled to find that person. I mean, DeAndre Francis did it a little bit, but we never really had the – consistent. Got
1: hurt. Yeah. yeah, he got
0: hurt. So we never had a consistent person to take the Zenday Ray Bishop Bonnet role. But that was Leland Wilhoy what he was going to be if you saw him in the spring. Uh, we never really had that. So hopefully – if he's able to stay healthy, we we can add that feature again. Um Destin Coates, yeah. I mean, has he fully recovered from a, a year ago, almost a year now, ten months since the since the injury? Um, you know, that'll be interesting to look at. How about how about this name? And I thought when you were going big receivers, I thought you were gonna mention this guy. Marquez Phillips. And I, I don't know if he's still you know on on campus but he was a virginia uh, virginia state transfer that came over i want to say early fall last year or maybe in the mm-hmm. summer so maybe he maybe yep. he was a uh, one of those casualties of compliance and never really kind of got together or got his but maybe i mean there's a young man who's 6'3 185 I mean, that's just about as big as Manigo, who was 6'3", 190. I'm um, just going off the website here. off the. Mm-hmm. But I, I'll tell you, my, my final thought about the offense, I want us to use this group right here. This group that consists of Jeremy Pruitt, Kobe Gross, uh, Jalon Black, or Jalen Black, uh, maybe even a Ronald Smith the third, Kamari Young, Cam Shelton. You know, I'm, you know that group I'm talking about. All of them, I think they all are coming that back. Is. All coming back. That's, yeah. that, you know, there, there's a stat that I read in which offenses at the college level, even the NFL level, are their most productive when they have two tight when they run two tight end sets. Now, we we talk about the pre- predictability sometimes of Coach Simmons's offense. I would love for us to use more tight ends in, in more options to give us down the field, 20 yard down the field opportunities for guys and give us an opportunity to, 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 Hey, maybe even using those guys 20 yards down the field opens up underneath things uh, for guys like Jamari, Sharid and other guys. But, I just hope we can find a way to use the tight ends more. Uh, maybe if we're able to run at least ten to fifteen plays a game with two tight end sets and let them tight ends get down the field, I think it can make all the difference in the world uh, for the passing game and maybe even the run game. So uh, that right. that's that that's my that's my hope, my wish, and uh, we'll kind of we'll kind of we'll kind of sit back and. You know the first day of practice, and we'll get a chance to kind of to, to look and see what's what, and uh, we'll have to we'll have to schedule a day, uh, Kelvin. One of these days coming up, maybe a Saturday, we'll call up Coach Riz and say, Coach Riz, can we come attend the practice? Because uh, he said he said he opened it up. Now I don't know if that was to everybody, so maybe everybody starts calling him, <laughs> it might not be open. Maybe I should have said that on this on the podcast here, but uh, maybe maybe we can get some media access to go watch a practice before uh, the actual spring game on the 15th. So just a Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a Mm -hmm. plan. All right. um, That's going to do it for this uh, spring football preview. Just a breakdown again of the recruiting class, uh, uh, of of the positions. Uh, Marcus Green doing an outstanding job of breaking this down. And, uh, you know, we appreciate you Marcus for, for leading us and guiding us here. And, uh, don't forget, uh, you guys make sure to check out the live version of the show Wednesday night, 8 PM Eastern, uh, 7 PM central and, uh, be myself, Kelvin, Kofi, maybe Marcus depends on what his schedule's like. And, and we try to. We got a lot to talk about. We got a bunch of other stuff to talk about, non football stuff. But <laughs> that's why we needed to, we needed today to just talk football because there's so much other stuff going on that we needed this. And uh, you guys out there watching, or excuse me, not watching, but listening, um, hopefully this has been satisfying. Uh, Marcus, how can they reach you? Any questions? Uh, where, where do you want people to hit you up on Twitter?
2: Uh, Twitter and actually on um, Instagram, uh, I think the, my username's the same. It's at Decatur underscore G. All right. So Mark, same username I've been using world. for years. Yeah, I'm, I'm dipping my toe just a teeny bit. out of my comfort zone, but I, I'm 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 a little bit out there. I'm kind of looking around. I'm not really posting a whole lot, but you know, if you hit me up there, then you know I'll respond. But Twitter's my main thing.
0: All right, there you go. At uh at uh, Decatur underscore G. Uh Kelvin, uh let the people know where they can where they can hit you up again.
1: And I think it's at KBR. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's why I wanted I you to throw I'm it out there. Cause self. I I was trying to remember myself. I was like,
0: mm, which one is it? <laughs> which one do you want yeah, me to hit you
1: yeah. up on? <laughs> yeah, that that at KBR and um uh, then I also have a Kelvin Roja, I think, too. Right. I
0: got you. Okay. And uh, at DRB365 is where you can find me. Or you can always just hit us up at ONG Strike Zone. You can hit us up on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Make sure to follow all of the social media. Uh, you can even donate to the show, donate to help us keep doing what we're doing. So we appreciate you, Rattler Nation. hope you enjoyed this. And uh, let's count down the days and practices uh, of these spring practices. And we'll, uh, we'll try to give you as many reports as we can, um, whether it be from our sources or other sources, that's one good thing about this spring. I feel like we've got, we got more people covering FAMU football this year. And that and that's a good thing. That's a great thing overall. So, uh, thanks for watching, uh, excuse me. Thanks for listening. I, I'm so used to saying watching, uh, thanks for listening. And that's going to be it, uh, for, for this show. Uh, tonight, let me see if I can hit the outro. Uh, you guys don't go anywhere. All right, peace out, Rattlers.